0: Well, hey friends, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love and look more and more like him each day. Well, today we're taking a little bit of a pause in our series that we've been going through to hear from a guest speaker. Now to me, Uh, I get to call him dad, that is a title that I give him. Um, But to others, he's known as Pastor Len Denbraber, who is our assistant superintendent of church multiplication for our fellowship of churches called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And so his role is to oversee, facilitate, coach people uh, through some of the multiplication of ministries and the multiplication of churches through church planting. And so he serves our BC and Yukon district here And so we're so excited to have him because we believe that he has a message of hope to share today. And so why don't you lean in and get ready for a great word? Hey everyone, I'm just so glad to be with you today. Uh, my name is Len and I have the great privilege of serving our district network of churches uh, as the Assistant Superintendent for Multiplication. Uh, what that means, because it probably doesn't mean much to most of you, uh, is that I serve as a catalyst for church planting and a coach for ministry development. Uh, in other words, I get to work with church planters to start new churches all over our uh, district, our province, um, and I help existing churches thrive by becoming gospel centered and great commission focused. And so uh, that's what I spend my days doing, and uh, it's such a great privilege and honor. Uh, to do that for the BC and Yukon. Um, You know, as an assistant superintendent, I do have the privilege of traveling uh, all over our province. In fact, I've been to every uh, region of our province, with the exception of Haida Gwaii, and I've even been up to the Yukon, and and in doing so, I go to all sorts of churches. I go to small churches, I go to large churches, mid-sized churches. I've had the opportunity to serve flourishing churches, and I've been in churches that frankly have been struggling and everything in between. And you know, for nearly 30 years, uh, my pastoral and personal life has really revolved around the church. In fact, prior to that, um, attending church was deeply woven into the rhythms of my family. My parents grew up going to church, and so, you know, I grew up going to church as well. And so, here was the thing in my family though, is that uh, you only miss church for one of two reasons. You are either very sick and likely either in or about to go to the hospital, um, or you were dead. Those were the only two reasons that we were allowed to miss church. And in our world, if you were dead, you were going to church at least one more time anyway. So church was like such a big part of our world and of our life. And so for those reasons, I consider myself an insider when it comes to church. I know the language, I know the songs, I can talk the talk, I can sing the hymns, I can sing the choruses. Uh, you know, I just, I just kind of know that whole world. In fact, when I've traveled elsewhere in the world, I've discovered that the moment I walk into a church, there is a sense of familiarity for me. And, and so in many respects, the church, and church certainly in BC and the Yukon and across Canada and North America, but even around the world, is home Because I feel like I'm an insider. So I want to ask you this today. Have you ever felt like an outsider at church? Maybe you're watching this today and you were watching the songs or, you know, listening to the the singing and you're thinking to yourself, I don't get any of this. I don't know these songs. Maybe you've somehow found this video on a church's website and you're a visitor and you're like, I don't know these people. I don't really, you know, I'm not really part of this thing. For some of you, you might be trying out church and you're not even sure you believe. And the language we use and the assumptions that we make, make you feel like an outsider. If you're able to go to church in person and you look around or, you know, you see the people on the screen and you think to yourself, man, they all seem so put together and I feel not put together. Or maybe your history or your past makes you wonder if you could even belong to this church or any other church for that matter. And so today, you might be asking yourself, you know, are these my people? Uh, Can I be, can I even fit here? Can I be part of this? Well, it's interesting. The Apostle Paul, who you've probably heard of, and who was an insider himself, he wrote a letter to the first century church, uh, to to a church in a city called Ephesus. And that letter to the Ephesians is now in the New Testament, and creatively, it's called Ephesians. So uh, in the letter, he introduced the issues of insiders and outsiders, and how the church ought to be a place where insiders and outsiders feel equally at home. And so I wanna look at some of those verses in Ephesians, but before we get there, let me just give you a bit of background, a little bit of context. The Ephesian church was by any measure an incredibly successful church. It was planted or started by the, the apostle Paul himself, And despite the persecution that they experienced from those around them and, you know, in the community and so on, it thrived. In fact, many people chose to follow Jesus as a result of the ministry of this church. And it was diverse. Uh, There were both Jews and Gentiles or non-Jews who were worshiping side by side, which is extraordinary. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment. In fact it's quite possible that Ephesus the church in Ephesus was the epicenter of church planting in the whole region there's uh there's some evidence that they planted the church in another town or city nearby called Colossae and if you read the beginning of Revelation there's seven churches that are mentioned there and it's believed that those seven churches were planted out of the church in Ephesus so by all, na- by all measures, the church in Ephesus was a big deal in the first century. And so early in, in Paul's letter, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, this is what Paul writes. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. And Paul goes on. He actually waxes quite eloquent about their wisdom and their insight and their knowledge and their understanding. And so as you get into this first chapter of the letter to the Ephesians, really what you begin to see is this picture that Paul is a proud father, expressing the hope that those who are connected to the church will continue to excel and grow and thrive in life and in following Jesus and in reaching others. So despite all of that, he really felt compelled to remind them of some very important things. And so as we get into chapter 2, verse 1, this is what we read. Paul writes this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Jump to verse 3. All of us used to live in sin, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, I want to be clear, there is no reprimand here. Paul is not getting after them for doing something wrong or living in a way that they shouldn't. In fact, Paul is reminding them that they all have a before Jesus life, a time where they were far from him, a time where, frankly, they were the outsiders. And so just a reminder, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're watching this today, you also have a before Jesus story. And that's really important. And here's why. Because it is so easy for us to forget what it was like before. And when we forget what it was like before, we tend to become judgmental, and we can become insensitive, and we can become unkind. Let me give you an example. Have you ever met a smoker who quit smoking? Back when they were a smoker, they justified it. They found reasons for it. They said they enjoyed it. And despite everything else, they kind of stuck with it. But then they broke the habit, and they tend to be the hardest on those who now smoke. And they have all sorts of terrible things to say about them, and they criticize them, and they talk about how weak they are and all the things. That's sometimes what we as followers of Jesus can be like if we forget that we have a before Jesus story. And so remember, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, whether it's been days or decades since we started following Jesus, we all started in the same place. And by remembering that important fact, it keeps us on mission, it keeps us humble, and it ought to inspire compassion in us for others. Okay, so quick recap. Paul says all of us were dead because of our disobedience, all of us used to live in sin, all of us were subject to God's anger. But then he gives us some great news. He says this, but God, anytime you see those two words put together in scripture, it's a sense like there's something powerful about to come, some great exception that is beneficial for you and me. And so Paul writes, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, get this, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead jump to verse 8 and he says but and God saved you by his grace when you believed and you cannot take credit for this it is a gift from God and he goes on to explain further salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done so none of us can boast about it listen this is the good news of the gospel that salvation isn't a reward for the good things that we have done because let's face it no matter how good we could, how many good things we do we never know it's enough and the other good news is that because of that grace that he bestows on us none of us can boast about it and so in one powerful act paul reminds us death was replaced by life disobedience was paid for jesus obedience by placing, allowing himself to be placed on a cross. Our sins were erased. And our sinful nature in that moment was transformed. And so all of us were subject to God's wrath. Now every believer in Jesus is covered by his mercy. I hope wherever you're watching that, this right now, there is something in you that is just bubbling up. There's some joy. There's some excitement. There's a great uh, experience of thankfulness that it was his work that brought you into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father, that Jesus willingly went to the cross to pay for our sins. And, and out of that, we go from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so followers of Jesus can't boast in their own righteousness because it is Jesus' righteousness that levels the playing field, that covers our sins. Now, Paul, if you continue to read through this chapter in Ephesians, Paul continues to press his point, and he addresses the Gentiles, the non-Jews in the church, and he says this. He says, remember when you were treated as outsiders? Remember when you were viewed as second-class citizens? In fact, he uses this term, uncircumcised heathens, which we could go into what all of that means, but essentially they were out. They were considered you know, not part of the family. They were... People would turn their backs upon them and they were looked upon uh, with great disdain. Verse 12, he tells, reminds them that they were apart from Christ. They were excluded from citizenship, not just in the heavenly family, but also in Israel. And they were ignorant of the promises of God. They just didn't know what God had for them. And so he reminded them in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that they lived in this world without God and without hope. What a difficult reminder for them. And maybe for you, if you feel like you're an insider like me, if you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, and you have been believing believing in him or following him for a long time, you just need to pause in this moment and think about where it was that God brought you out of. And think about the fact that maybe there was a season, at least, you know, with reference to the church, you were viewed as a second class citizen. Certainly there was a time where you were apart from Christ. There was probably a time where you were ignorant of the promises of God. And if you think back to those days, in many ways, you know, you lived without God, certainly, and you lacked hope. But, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't leave uh, the Jews, the insiders out. Uh, he says this paul reminds them that they were more concerned or paul reminds them that they were more concerned with outward demonstrations of righteousness but their hearts were unaffected you see they wanted to look good in the eyes of others they wanted to appear as though they had it all together they wanted to make sure they were saying the right words and doing the right things but what paul reminds those insiders is that it was all posturing And as we continue to read paul expresses his amazement in fact that God brought these two incredibly diverse people groups together, the outsiders and the insiders, the Gentiles and the Jews. And, you know, this is one of the things I love about the church. I love that churches, and the church ought to be anyways, incredible, incredibly diverse. As, as you uh, think about those people that are maybe even sitting in the room with you watching this right now, or maybe, you know, you've been able to get back to in-person gatherings. As you think about those people, there are no two people alike. You know, there's different ages. There are different experiences. They come from different backgrounds. They have different stories. But Paul writes this in Ephesians 2 verse 18. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Isn't that incredible? Listen, there are no second-class citizens in the church, whether you have a church background or no church experience, no matter your heritage, no matter your history, no matter your social standing. Listen, whether you would consider yourself wealthy or poor, whether you're educated or uneducated, and hear me, no matter the color, the tone, or the hue of your skin, there is a place for you here. Because there is room for everyone in the church. And this was no random consequence of the gift of grace. This just didn't sort of happen out of default. Or, you know, one day Paul woke up and realized, oh my goodness, look at this. But in fact, there was intention behind this. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says this. God's purpose in all of this. God's purpose in bringing this diverse group of people together, God's purpose in uniting insiders and outsiders, God's purpose in welcoming all people to the cross of Christ was to use the church to display his wisdom in all its rich variety. Isn't that amazing? And so in many respects, the church is the expression of God's wisdom. The church ought to be the expression of the fact that the very fact that there is room for everyone, that we all started in the same place. And even though some of us may be on a different um, you know, part in the continuum of our spiritual journey, the fact of the matter is God's purpose was to use the church to display his wisdom in all of its rich diversity. And so I want to conclude very quickly with, with three thoughts. First is this, is that all of us, myself included, But think about your church specifically. You have a joyous responsibility to create an environment where your unity of heart, your unity of mind, and your unity of purpose displays God's wisdom to everyone. Like I said, I've been pastoring for almost 30 years. And I've seen lots of great stuff in the church. And I've seen some hard things too. And I will say this. A church unified. A church that that has that is walking in a similar vision a church that understands that its purpose is to display God's wisdom to everyone and to do so in a way that that is unified and that is together is such a powerful witness and so let me say this whether you feel like you have almost no role or responsibility in the church or you're in some leadership capacity, or you're even the lead pastor, let me say this, you have a responsibility to create an environment where that kind of unity of heart and mind and purpose displays God's wisdom because it's an incredible testimony to those around you who are not yet followers of Jesus. Here's the second thought. If you feel like an outsider, if you're watching this right now and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I belong in the family of God. I don't know if I belong in this church. I don't know if I believe. I don't know if I even like these people. Let me say this. Welcome. Welcome. I hope that you can find a place where you genuinely and truly feel like you're welcomed. And more than that, My hope and my prayer for you, if you're feeling like an outsider, is that you would find your hope and your life in Jesus. Remember, that act on the cross, it leveled the playing field. Every single person that you know of who is a follower of Jesus, the person who invited you to watch this today, or maybe again, you stumbled on this online somehow, but all of us, we want you to find your hope and your life ultimately in Jesus. And so if you feel like you're an outsider, I just want to say on behalf of this church and on behalf of believers everywhere, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. The third thought is this. If you are an insider, you have a responsibility to make room for others who differ in age, who differ in experience, who differ in preference, and who differ in background. Because remember, your hope in life is also found in Jesus. And so I, I would encourage you insiders, those of you who are followers of Jesus, those of you who know how to walk the walk and talk the walk, talk, the talk you, know, you know instinctively how to dress when you come to church, you know when to stand, you know when to sit, you know when the offering's gonna happen, you know that you know, there's gonna be three songs to start, you know kind of what the preacher's gonna preach about, you know all the things, take that responsibility to make room for others who are unlike you so seriously because the gospel is not just for insiders like me and the gospel isn't just for insiders like you but the gospel's for everyone and as followers of Jesus we need to follow Jesus in the sense that his focus was on the outsider his focus was on the lost the hurting the broken his focus was on those who didn't know the love of God, and the gift of salvation. And so we have a responsibility to create that space, to create room for those who are not yet here. And so let me close by saying this. Let's let's work together so that the church, this eclectic mix of diverse people with their, uh, their own unique stories, displays God's wisdom and love for all people. So I hope you're going to take up this challenge i hope you're willing to step into this i hope you're willing to consider what this means for you and your involvement in your church and your following of jesus and i hope that it has both encouraged and challenged you today a reminder that there is room for everyone here let me pray for you heavenly father i thank you for every person who is watching this right now I thank you for those who are insiders. I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their willingness to serve and their willingness to give. I thank you for many of those who are long standing members of this church and who have sacrificed much over the years. I thank you for them, God, but I pray that today they would be reminded of the beauty of your salvation, that despite all of their good works, Lord, we can't boast because that salvation you have given us, Lord, is a free gift. And I pray that they would not gain such an ownership over their church as to as to feel like it is theirs and theirs alone. And so, for us insiders, Lord, give us grace for others. Open our eyes to see the the needs of those around us. Lord, increase the size of our hearts for those who might not yet be part of your family and of your church. And Father, I pray for those who are watching today and they might feel like an outsider. They just have maybe uh, maybe they have intellectual issues with following Jesus. Maybe they've been hurt in the past and they just feel like the church might, be not, might not be a safe place for them. Or maybe they're just investigating and they're trying to figure all this out, Lord. Whatever may, may cause them to feel like an outsider. Lord, I pray that it would be your love and it would be your mercy. It would be grace, your grace and your kindness expressed, Lord, through your followers. And certainly through your spirit that would draw them in and they would find not just a place in the church, Lord, but Lord, they would find you and they would find life and hope and salvation in you. I pray this in the magnificent name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your service today. And God bless you. Thanks again.